We still have no signs to explain because there are a lot of them who may not find that connect. So the very fact that connect happens itself, it's a chemistry. For what that seed found, that soil in which it could grow, nobody can explain. It seems the bamboos in a forest were cut. All the other bamboos that were not cut were absolutely excited that we can continue to be here. Poor bamboo, this alone has been cut. And that bamboo which was cut was then gasified to make it smooth and it was burning. It seems the bamboo couldn't help but ask this question, why are you putting me through this experience? Soon hot iron rods were taken and holes were drilled through this bamboo. It was burning for it. It said, why would you subject me? I was a happy bamboo lost in the forest and why did you subject me through all these experiences? It seems a few days later, the entire crowd went on a standing ovation and only then the bamboo realized it went through everything it went through so that eventually it could become a flute in the hands of the master. Ordinary bamboos do not reach the hands of a master. There must be something in you for that bamboo to become a flute and reach the hands of the master. That connect. There is still no providential science to explain why you found that connect. And that connect happened. And the more and more you start immersing yourself into this connect, somehow an inexplicable impulse develops in you. The more you see, the more you want to see. The more you hear, the more you want to hear. The more you experience, the more you want to experience. It is not a hunger that gets satisfied. It's a hunger that gets driven. The more it is fed, the mo it's not something that can be quenched. It's insatiable. As a result, you want to listen more. You want to hear more. You want to represent that force more. And in the entire process, for the first time you find a gratitude develops. Your heart begins to whisper, thank you for the moments you go through in life. For the first time you experience the state of gratitude, I just want you to visualize, you were there, he was there, and a connect happened. When this connectivity grows, it becomes gratitude. You feel much closer than you ever felt. You can't explain, it's, it's got nothing to do with physical closeness, it's much more than that you begin to feel much more closer. You grow in gratitude. And only when you grow in gratitude, for the first time, you, the seeker, and he, the sought, moves very close into each other. Gratitude grows into love. Love is, I feel one with you. I can, the closest definition I can give to love is, when you can tell somebody, with you, I am with you. Even when I am without you, I am with you only. You never seem to leave me. And I am not able to leave you. And for the first time you experience a state of oneness. And that oneness is called love. And that need not happen just with a spiritual relationship. If you are experiencing that with your spouse. If you are experiencing that with a good friend. If you are experiencing that with your garden.
It can be a garden. You were just given a responsibility to maintain the garden in the ashram. Initially, you knew nothing about it, but you were willing to serve. Soon you find a time comes, a connect happens with that garden. And the more and more you take care, you no more feel it's an ashram's garden. A point comes when it becomes my garden. It's my plant. It's my flower. In fact, something within you, in the, in the night, the flower blooms for you. You go there in the morning and it has bloomed. Something in the garden speaks to you. Nobody else can hear it, but it speaks to you. The burthen in the kitchen speaks to you. The aroma that comes out of the doll speaks to you. Something talks to you. A work that you take and you do with all your heart, you feel that connect with that work. You feel connect with that space. And a point comes, you feel grateful because something about you is transforming in working in the garden. Something about you is transforming in dealing with that equipment. Something about you is transforming in just thinking about this connect of mind. You grow in gratitude. A point comes when you no more can separate yourself from, you feel one with. Not that attachment that you feel in a materialistic sense, but a connect, an intimate oneness that you feel with you, with you, without you also with you. And only when you stay in that state of love. I'm sure as I'm speaking, a lot of you can relate. Okay, stage be Okay, now next. For the first time you find this oneness, there is still a separatedness in this. I am separate, he is separate. A point comes when that separatedness is dissolved. It, you can no more feel... You can no more tell where you end and where he begins. You can no more explain where he ends and where you begin. You can no more separate yourself from your work. You can no more separate yourself. I do a lot of management programs and sometimes when I do the management programs, I take a session on delegation and after I finish a session on delegation and I come down, some of those CEOs come and ask me, Rajan, anything can be delegated. I said, yeah. From an organization perspective, anything can be delegated. They asked, then you are also running an organization. Why you continue to teach? Why have you not delegated your teaching? I tell them, prayer cannot be delegated. For me, my teaching is my prayer. If it was work, I would have delegated it. But prayer cannot be delegated. And for a gardener, gardening is prayer. For somebody who is cooking, cooking is prayer. And if you see that as a prayer, you cannot be separated from your work. If you ask any one of my people, I never fall sick, I've never seen a doctor, I've never had a medicine in all these 16 years, but if at all ever I'm not feeling well, and if you ask any one of my people, if Rajan is not feeling well, what would he do? I'll come and take a class. I'll become okay. If I work, I'll become okay. In fact, if I'm not feeling well, that means today I've not worked enough. Which means when your work reaches that point of devotion, that is the next stage. In love, there is no more separatedness. It gets entwined into each other. For the first time, you experience bhakti. At that state, what you feel for him is a reverence. It's a bhakti. It's a devotion. The very thought of it 
somehow sanctify something within you to borrow a very important incident from Ramayana. Ravana has one power and one curse. The power of Ravana is whichever form he wants, he can take. Ravana also has a curse. If he ever touches a woman without her permission, he'll be burnt ash unto ash. I really wish there is a social curse like this. So much of our work will come down. <laughs> now, Ravana has... At the other end is Rama and Sita, bestowed upon with one spotless character trait in them. Even in thoughts, they have never entertained another man or another woman. So Sita is taken captive and Ravana is somehow desiring Sita and every day he takes another form and another form and approaches Sita. In every form, Sita rejects Ravana. So one of those days, a little dejected, why no approach of mine is working? There he is in the palace. So the minister comes and tells, my lord, in whichever form you go, that woman will reject you. You take the form of Rama and go, then she will yield. In fact, Ravana looks at the minister, which I'm sure every head of the institution always asks. Ravana looked at the minister and asked, if you, the minister, could have thought about this idea, don't you think I would have thought about this idea? <laughs> In fact, one day I took the form of Ram. And Ravana says, what can I do, minister? The moment I took the form of Ram itself, I could not entertain any other woman, even in my thoughts. We should be able to live our life to that level, that level of purity. The very thought of you, another person feels cleansed and transformed. That's what bhakti is. Even if something within you is edging you to do something that you feel is wrong, the very thought of him will correct you then and there. There's no physical presence that's required. It's a spiritual fence that has been built around you that is protecting you all the time. Something you can't even explain to a scientist in the world. He'll think you're a lunatic. But you know that it's an experiential reality every day of your life. There is this spiritual fence which is protecting me, which is watching me, which is my awareness, which is my energy. And that feeling is bhakti. Watch me. Then something magnificent happens in that state of bhakti. For the first time in your life, your bhakti is so much, it becomes surrender. Surrender is, in your presence, I am not. I don't know what happens to me. I am there. I feel like telling so much. I feel like asking so much. I feel like sharing so much. You come, I go into amnesia. In your presence, I am not. When I am listening to your talk, when I am listening to your discourse, when I see you walk, I don't know what happens to me. I dissolve so much into you, I am not. That's what surrender is. Surrender is the drop of rain falls into the ocean and becomes the ocean. It gives up its individual identity to become that universal identity. You drop yourself in that state and only your object of surrender remains. 
And when you live in that surrender, for the first time you realize a moment comes in that state of surrender. Even when that object to which you have surrendered in the physical sense drops itself and what is left is that state of meditation, that state of silence. Connectivity to gratitude, to love, to bhakti, to surrender, to meditativeness is how you progress into that state of silence where you dissolve and that to which you have surrendered yourself also dissolves and you are in a state of silence, transcendental silence. And all this born from the womb of gratitude. So they just said, everybody should have traveled a lot, they have traveled. So you just have an initial orientation today with which we can begin. So that from tomorrow we can go through the entire session. If somewhere we have to begin, I really believe the right place to begin will be to begin with gratitude. So I just thought that I'll just come and address you and tell you, it is not that I've come here to remind you of anything new, but a lot that is probably inside has to be brought back into the surface. See, a lot of us need multiple hammering before we become what we can become. A story so beautifully illustrated, two more stories and then we will end this evening. It seems in a temple, the flooring white marble looked at the idol and said, this is not fair. Both of us came from Rajasthan in the same vehicle. Everybody is standing on me and worshipping you. And it seems the idol said, see both of us came in the same truck. When the sculptor was ready to chisel you, you said, I will not take any blows on me. So he laid you as the flooring marble. I took millions of blows from the sculptor. Hence, I have become a statue worthy of being worshipped. I really believe what happens in the Shibiram, what happens in the study group, what happens in the satsangas. The sculptor keeps chiseling you, chiseling you, chiseling you, chiseling you. And somewhere you don't even realize in this environment what you are becoming. But when you go out there into the world and live, and when you find that for a similar situation, others are unhappy but you are happy. In a similar situation, somebody else will be disturbed but you are not disturbed. When you find that your emotions does not seem to be like any in the crowd. And somewhere when the world comes and wonders at you, how you are able to take this like this. And when you find the effortless ease with which life moves on. When you look at all these things, then you realize, now I know what has been happening to me. Week after week, week after week, I have been chiseled into. So I am just here to give those finishing touches that is already there in a statue worthy of being worshipped. So I just want, after I complete this story, I just would request all of you to close your eyes just for a few minutes and I'll finish the story and then just load your heart with gratitude and resolve and seek that providential help that your heart should never skip a beat of gratitude. 
And you can use this huge compass. If I am disturbed, I have deviated from gratitude. Realign to gratitude, disturbance leaves. Like darkness and light can never coexist. Like how fear and faith can never coexist. Like how love and selfishness can never coexist. Gratitude and disturbance can never coexist. All that I wish to discuss through whatever time I am with you is some very simple day-to-day -day concepts in life. Knowing very well, I just want to bring a lot to the surface. Have a few interactive sessions. Take some time to laugh. Take some time to dance. Take some time to celebrate. It need not be that we have to learn anything new. If we can just... Holy should not start for us day after tomorrow. It should start. I'm never a believer of dates in the calendar. Mother's Day alone, you'll think about mother is nonsense. Okay. So, so celebration should already be there. In fact, looking at your celebrative, demonstrative happiness, others should get confused. Aaj holi hai, kab holi hai? Okay. And that sort of a celebration. And that's all I want to do with you. I just want to lose myself with you and get you to lose yourself with me and whatever unfolds, let it unfold. All I wish to tell you is that a lady was reading in a scripture and she read in that scripture this phrase, the silversmith, the silversmith throws a piece of metal into the furnace and waits. She did not understand the relevance of this in scripture especially. But she believed that if I can go and observe a silversmith at work, I will be able to find out. So she goes to see a silversmith at work. And there she finds that the silversmith takes a piece of metal, throws it into the furnace, and he is watching. She asks him, that's all? That's all. Why do you have to keep watching? Now that you have put it to the furnace, you can go. He says, no ma'am, I can't do that. If I go away, it will get burnt. I'll have to keep watching and I'll have to know when to take it out, cool it, put it back into the furnace. Again, when to take it out, cool it, put it back into the furnace. And only then it'll become glittering silver. The lady realized what the scripture said. He, the silversmith, throws you a piece of metal into the furnace called life, not for you to get burned for you to evolve into a glittering silver. So curious, the lady asked the silversmith, Sir, when will you know it no more needs the furnace? Silversmith said, When I can see myself in it, I know it no more needs the furnace. Every creation is a divine manifestation in human form. And if there is something that you have been learning here, it has been what is possible for one human being is possible for every human being. What anybody else has done in the world is possible for each one of you. And that is what this force has been driving you into. Day by day, experience by experience, learning by learning, satsang by satsang. Each one of you has this awesome responsibility for your own sake and for the generations to come. To evolve into such living souls. 
that we no more will need messengers in the time to come looking at your life the children must be able to learn those messages because they had seen enough living role models the greatest contribution all of you can do for growing in a place like this is when your children grow up to come and see him he should already see in your children they are walking whatever he taught you because you were a worthy role model to your children and then you give him a platform where he can take your children from here to there what is happening right now is repair work if the repair work is done properly and if everybody becomes a living role model then we give the next generation to him in such a way that they need not be again taken from here to there but they can be taken from there to wherever they can reach and that is how you create a new generation to come so looking at this life not as a furnace that is there to burn you but as an experience to create you to make you what you can be to the good times through the tribulations everything there for a purpose to make you what you can be i gently request all of you to close your eyes and from your heart feel that gratitude to that transcendental force we call god that's playing the game for you in such a way it's making things happen for you and has brought you to the right hands nothing like growing in the right hands i see call of you to feel grateful to your guru the voice in your head the feeling in your heart and the very source of energy that is carrying you through and showing you horizons that you didn't even think exists i want you to feel gratitude to your parents who caused this very form from which all this is able to unfold want you to feel grateful to this day which in its own way has authored another beginning in your life today is the first day to the rest of your life your entire future begins today gratitude to today resolve in your heart that you will use even an iota of disturbance that ever happens in your life 
as a source of awareness to realize somewhere you have deviated from gratitude and you will realign yourself to the mother of all virtues, gratitude. Grateful to this realization, much more than I could have ever asked for with my little hands. What has been given to me, it seems, my dear God, you seem to know better what is good for me than I know it myself. After all, the best of everything that is there in my life, you have given to me without me having to ask for it. With gratitude for this realization, connectivity leads to gratitude. Gratitude leads to love. Love becomes bhakti. Bhakti results in surrender. And surrender will take you into a state of meditation. Grateful to have reached this very state in life where you can experientially experience the spiritual fence knowing in the heart of your heart with you, with you, without you also, with you. With a heartfelt resolve You will never be used less. You will never miss this opportunity to play your role, to be a living role model and thereby play your part in lifting this world for the sake of the little ones, the generation to come. Thanking every force that made this moment happen. From my heart I tell all of you, I love you so much. And I will play my part in your tomorrow. Thank you so much, love you so much. Very, very gently, please open your eyes. We'll meet at 6.30 in the same hall. 
and have a morning session from 6.30 to 7.30 and then we can sign away for breakfast. Is that okay? We'll meet at 6.30 in the morning here.